is in the books. And Tom Brady is on pace for 32 interceptions this year. And, and 16 pick sixes. It's overreaction week two. Marcus, what's your overreaction? My overreaction is that Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger will both finish the season with more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley, just like they did in week <laughs> one, baby. That is quite the overreaction. <laughs> yeah. So, over, overreaction week two. The Jaguars, easily one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, the Washington football team is are going places. They're on pace for 16 wins. Um, the division outright. They're going to win the division. They're the only team with a win currently in the NFC East. So pretty fucking interesting. But overreact. Anybody else got an overreaction from week one? Baker will be benched by week four. He stinks. Akers? We said overreaction. Wait. Oh. Akers from the Rams? Baker. Mayfield. Oh, Baker? Ah. No, I'm talking about overreactions, not realistic things. Oh. Damn, I just want to shit on the Browns. Can we do the part where I shit on the Browns? Uh, we're going to shit on the Browns plenty. Uh, that's what we're here for. We're going to shit on a lot of teams. We're going to shit on each other, though. We officially have a competition going. Did, did somebody invite OBJ? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yep. If you're looking to get shit on you and you don't invite OBJ to the party, he's going to be pretty mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> So, Sports Memory Podcast, we got a great show for you tonight. It's overreaction week two, and uh, there's a lot to overreact about. Just a really interesting first week of football. The one o'clock games, I mean, if you're talking about entering a season, that's how you raw dog a new season. Out of 10 games of that one o'clock slot, five of them were, were upsets. That's big. Yeah, uh, Vegas, I mean, the, the lines were... You know, they're a little off this week. Uh, Vegas probably made some good money on people, you know, taking a lot of favorites there or uh, thinking that, that, you know, the Colts are going to just dominate the Jaguars and, and Philadelphia is going to dominate the Redskins and the 49ers are going to dominate the Cardinals. But none of those are going to pay out for those people, especially in Eliminator. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, I, I think some of the pools have gone up close to 50% of everyone. I, I know the Colts by themselves were, you know, 15, 13, 15%. Uh, Philly, oh man, the the two worst teams in the league, both like comeback wins, huge. I mean, huge. and and we're we're super close to the Bengals winning too. So like that would have upset a lot of people's eliminators as well. It was a horrible week if you were in an eliminator uh, league. Odds are you're probably eliminated. I mean, one of the, some of the most popular choices were just done. Colts, uh, who else? Philly, uh, you. 49ers. In the, in, the, in the early weeks, you're just trying to look to survive, so you're kind of looking for uh, large point spreads. And yeah, man, without a preseason, as it turns out, the NFL is extremely unpredictable. If you listen to me and took the Steelers, you're in good shape, though. Yeah, I was actually leaning Steelers for a little bit there, but man, I, I, I thought that the I thought the Colts were just so safe. <laughs> turns out that Philip Rivers is just as bad as I feared. He is so bad. I, I live here in Indianapolis. I was the local game, and holy shit, he looks horrible. How long uh, until they just cut? I mean, how long until they just cut ties with him? He 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 looks so bad. I mean, just I I mean, yeah, he doesn't make it through the season. Um, I mean, they already went to Jacoby Brissett a few times in the second half. Uh, most of them were designed runs, but I can definitely see it. 
week eight, week nine, Jacoby Brissett comes in and they just outright cut Rivers. So in, in, in COVID offseason, we're, we're going to completely overreact to that and be like, they're completely done. I, I don't think that Phillip Rivers is going anywhere. I don't think they're, I don't think the Colts are done. I think Phillip Rivers is done. He's shown that for more than a season now. Yeah, I think uh, adjusting to new players, they're going to scheme it up a little bit different. Plus, they lost Marlon Mack, who is a big part of the game plan early in that game. Get the fuck out of here. Mar- Marlon Mack, no. Marlon Mack had nothing to do with Phillip Rivers' uh, inaccuracies and just terribleness in that game. What if, and this is a big what if, what if Indy is actually secretly tanking so they can get Trevor Lawrence? Uh, <laughs> Dude, it might actually be a good play. Yeah, Could be. you imagine going from Manning to Luck? To Lawrence. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't, wow. Marcus, I actually didn't even give that a thought. That is crazy, insane theory. I love it. They're too good unless they truly tank tech for that to actually happen, unfortunately. They really are. I mean, dude, the Colts are one of those plug and play teams. All they needed was a quarterback, and they chose the wrong one. I was, I said it all Jameis. No, dude, fuck Jameis. Cam, like, Cam, Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton would have been great fit for that organization. They have a great offensive line, they have all the stable of running backs. I've, I've been saying for a while that they should have taken Cam Newton. I, I think they either one would have been a better play than Rivers, in my opinion. But anybody would have been a better. So play I than can't Rivers. get this tank theory, Marcus's <laughs> tank theory, out of my mind. It just dawned on me they have, well, before Marlon Mack went down, three good running backs, serviceable running backs. They threw the ball forty-seven times, like almost fifty times. That's tanking right there. You if you're choosing not to run the ball and pass that much. Marcus, you're on to something. Uh, against the Jaguars, who lost most of their defensive line in the offseason, you know, they're, they're pretty much everybody, that, Exodus out of Jacksonville, right? They lost Yannick Ngakwe, too. Uh, the linebackers are, are not, are, I mean, they brought in Schobert, I guess, who's, who's decent, but you should have been able to run the ball on Jacksonville, for sure. I could see the owner of the Colts blowing, like, this conch shell. And then Curtis Painter emerges from the woods like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the moment. I'm ready to lose 16 games for you. I think it's good. the tank theory is pretty good. I like it. I like it. All right. What, what, about, uh, what about Joe Burrow? What would you think? What would you think of the rookie in his first start? Anyone who wasn't impressed, uh, they're, they're lying or they're just super naive. Um, first, the opening touchdown drive, yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course he's going to make mistakes, but Philip Rivers is sixty and made thirty-eight mistakes, you know, on Sunday. Um, but man, he showed so such poise and like bounce back. Uh, just, just imagine like having no game time play and starting your first NFL game. Man, it's, yeah. it's scary. I yeah, think. he looks and, sharp and throws what would be a game-winning touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, and then leads them on a drive to get kick the field goal and tie the game up. And uh, yeah, uh, well, that kicker may be fired, but. <laughs> Yeah, he made some. I, I think I think Drew willed it into existence. I don't know how many times you said it. You were like, "The guy can run." The, look at his forty time. First touchdown, he runs it in. It's it's uh, it's like you did your research or something. Well, the the eye test is is a way overplayed thing, but I will say he did pass the eye test for me in this way. You look for two things when a player's coming from the college level and they were dominant, and they come over to the NFL level. Number one is. How does their speed stack up against everybody else? Joe Burrow's speed stacks up like a motherfucker. He reminds me of a young Aaron Rodgers. And then that scamper reminded you, like, remember when Aaron Rodgers was just, he didn't run a lot, but when he needed to, that's how Burrow was his entire college career. Didn't run a lot, but in that national championship game, dude, when he needed to, he fucking ran it. He's not afraid to run it. He's a fast guy. Great athlete when you look at him. 
and he was just maybe in like a cutoff t-shirt in like your uh, like local gym about ready to hustle up a three-on-three basketball game, you might not even pick him until like pick three. He doesn't even look like a great athlete. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be a good basketball player from what I understand. I'm, dude, I'm sure he's good at everything. You know what I'm saying? He's one of these guys that's probably just annoyingly good at everything, but I love Burrow. Uh, he also made another pass in that final drive that's not getting enough play. Um, it was a bad pass in the end. But he threw it to A.J. Green on the sideline because they had very little time left. He tossed it up. Admittedly, the the pass was about three feet too far on the right. But where he put it, I mean, A.J. Green came down with it. He just couldn't get his legs in. Sure. It was the perfect pass. And he, he will make those adjustments telling you guys and saying it. Can't say it enough. Joe Burrow is going to be a special player. So Bengals fans should be excited about Thursday night. I, I, the only Bengals fan I know is not, and it's bizarre. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what do you users think about Big Ben? How do you look in his return? I, uh, almost exactly to the script, right? Like, he came out, he was rusty, nervous, like, just, you could just tell he had some nerves, and then when he settled in, he settled in, right? Yeah. Now, that, that two-minute drive was kind of what was important for me, Um how they would, you know, orchestrate it. And obviously they cleaned house. Um, but man, when he took that first hit, he was like holding his knee in pain. I was like, Oh, here we go again. We couldn't make it through a first drive. Um, but yeah, he, he, he did exactly what I expected. Look a little ugly early on, do something stupid to make me hold my breath. Um, you know, then figure it out and, um, you know, will the boys to victory. So I got three quick hit observations from last week that I just want to get out there and, uh, you guys can speak to them or we can move on. Whatever. Uh, number one, Edwards Hilaire is going to be an elite back from right from the get-go. Uh, he, I have not seen a player fit into a team that well in quite some time. He is going to dominate the league for a long, long-ass time. Uh, he has all the tools. He fits perfectly in that system. Love the Brian Westbrook comparisons. He is going to be a dominant player in this league. If you got him in fantasy, you're in a keeper league. You are set forever. He is going to be one of those guys that is just perennially good. Uh, another quick hit is that Aaron Rodgers looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, bizarre game, if you watched it. he They basically just outlasted the Vikings. I mean, they, they pounded the rock. It was ineffective, but they just kept doing it. Aaron Rodgers just kept making these clutch third-down plays, and he was so smart with the football, it really reminded me of vintage Aaron Rodgers lot to be terrified. Dude, the time of possession in that game was ridiculous. A lot yeah. to be terrified. And then uh, my third hit is that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy this year. Uh, I had my questions about how he was going to fit in that system. As it turns out, fits fucking perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to crown him as the number one wide receiver this year. I think that Devontae Adams has something to say about that, or may, if he can stay healthy because the target share there is equally massive. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why that's not a debatable option. How many 1,000-yard seasons has Devontae Adams had in his career? Uh, I don't know, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. One. Okay. How many, uh, how many has DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, uh, to be fair. Yeah, uh, to, to be fair. To be fair. Uh, he, he's been in the league a little bit longer, for one. He's also played in offenses where they geared the, around him more of the time. Devontae Adams really kind of only broke out, what, two years ago, maybe? Who's that better th- quarterbacks thrown to him? Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's no idea. Who's a better quarterback this year, though? Like, Remember when the, Savage was throwing to, to DeAndre Hopkins? He was still a fucking yes. amazing player. 
Yeah. I'm just saying, DeAndre Hopkins is ridiculous. The, the last couple of years, he's had a pretty good quarterback throwing him the ball, though. So of course, and he's been amazing. And sure, and Watson uh, Watson's still been hurt. It, it doesn't matter who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkins' intelligence um, on the field is just so underrated. Man, if that guy can just—he's a gamer. It's well, just well, no, there's no ways around that. What I like to say about DeAndre Hopkins is, even if there's three guys covering him, he's still open. Yep, just throw him the ball. He doesn't go matter get where it. you where you put it. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me of so many vintage players. I, I just love him. Um, some other good performances that I that I noted on uh, this weekend. How about Russ? Gave you that one, right? He finished, I think, second to Rodgers in terms of total fantasy points. Russ, he will. Um, and, you know, he. Th- I think that offense, you know, the whole let Russ cook thing, we'll, we'll see if it happens. But uh, uh, it's a good start and a good good look on my pick for MVP. Did you and see then, Russell Wilson's son, by the way? No. Holy fucking shit. Dude, you got to Google. If you're listening right now, Google a picture of Russell Wilson's new son. It is insane how much it looks like Russell Wilson. Just like Like, him. spit out a mini Russell Wilson right from the womb. It's insane. He, I've, I've never seen a kid look more like a father. Strong jeans there. there. Strong, strong oh, jeans. For strong sure. jeans. Um, kid comes out with nine-inch hands. Yeah. Like, exact opposite. Hey, 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 little Russie Wilson, don't go to NC State. <laughs> <laughs> or Wisconsin. Um, and then uh, I thought Lamar. Lamar looked really good. Uh, there were some questions about whether or not he'd come back after the Titans performance and if somebody had figured him out. Well, he, lo- he looked pretty good week one. Absolutely. Yeah, well, to defend that, man, the Browns defense, they just they don't know what they're doing over there. Defense, offense, special teams. Um, and obviously we knew Atlanta was going to have some weak points on their defense. but So I'm, I'm up in the air on both quarterbacks. Um, I'm always going to throw a little more shade towards uh, Lamar Jackson. But, um, you know, we know. He's, he, he has some things to prove to me on more than one game. Because remember last year they, they started opening uh, – the. That 40-point win opening day against Miami, I think it was last year. Same thing. Sure. Uh, any any other observations from last week you'd like to discuss? So, <laughs> I guess since we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, um, I th- I th- there's a 49ers they played, right? And I think we we talked about a nice uh, – I don't think we talked about last week. Oh, we didn't? No, I think we omitted that game. Oh. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably the smartest thing. What, one of my favorite – this is going to be one of my favorite teams. I love them last year. Um, love the pieces that Arizona has put in. Um, obviously, I'm betting them again this week. Um, so, there's your first bet of the day, um, just as a side moneymaker uh, against Washington. Um, they, they just have uh, this – Are you goes. giving the points? Oh, I'm, I'm they're six and a half. I'm taking them at that minus oh, six. They're, so, they're minus six and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or they're plus. They're, they're, plus. Bi- they're minus six and a half. So I'm taking the Cardinals to win by a touchdown in one of my side bets. Okay. All right. Um, I, I just love the pieces. Um, obviously, you have to love the pieces on offense. And I, I love, I've loved the additions they've made through the draft in the last two years. Um, Simmons. Isaiah Simmons got cooked a couple times, though. Doesn't like, matter. He, he, He's going to be the guy. Yeah, And Buda Baker looked damn good, man. You could put Isaiah Simmons at quarterback and he'd be like a top 20 cornerback. <laughs> That's how much faith I have in that guy. Yeah, He's ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. Um, and, and honestly, man, I, it could be a two or two-headed monster going to the finish line with Seattle and Arizona. Um, you know, everyone, every, <laughs> I'm telling you, and it, Rams are going to be tough, but uh, Rams are going to be very tough. They're going to be very tough. They, they looked really that, good. That whole division to me yeah. is, is still pretty good. Let's talk about the Cowboys game. Uh, Cowboys, man, they really wanted to get that monkey out their back, and they did not. How about them Cowboys? Mike McCarthy, man. Um, not an offensive pass interference. No, it wasn't. I mean, they probably had got that game stolen from him, but who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if one, I do, it cost me a fantasy win uh, against the fucking Boof King. He, he only created separation oh, with the push, oh. in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't mind the call. Uh 
It was a terrible call. I, 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 I think call. I think if you call the same the same call against AJ Green in the end zone, then then you have to call that. So yeah, yeah that cost me a, a five hundred dollar. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, that that Cowboys game. You know, I think they encountered the Rams at the wrong fucking time. And that could have been a lot worse for them because that was supposed to be the opening game at SoFi Stadium with a full crowd. I think it would have went way worse for them. So they got lucky that there was no Rams crowd there because I I mean, I I think the Rams will be decent this year. And they're if you watch Hard Knocks, like and if you didn't have a affinity for Sean McVay before Hard Knocks, Jesus, that guy has it all. I'll tell you what, speaking of SoFi, I, uh, today I watched like um, some of the clips on the, like everything they did at the stadium. Oh, my God. I, I cannot wait for the Steelers to play the Rams. Oh, dude. I, I, I want to be at that stadium, man. For oh, sure. Cool. Go out and stay with Pylon. Uh, dude, I can't, I can't wait. That, that, that TV screen is fucking unreal. That's, that stadium's amazing. As a player, you could watch the Jumbotron from the field. The, the dual, <laughs> the dual uh, surround screen. You could. Amazing. Brandon, what's your overreaction for week two? Well, first of all, I, I want to hit on again on the Dallas game. Why did they have Dak running the ball 40 times. I, mean, I know you're going against Aaron Donald and, and he dominates that defensive line, but you can, there's enough things you can scheme. And with that offensive line, there's no reason Zeke should only have 22 carries and two targets. Like there you're, 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 go, you're going away from your strength. Um, so I think Dallas shot themselves in the foot. I think it comes down to coaching. Um, and yeah, Mike McCarthy is, is horrendous. Well, pal, it doesn't really come down to coaching. Um, 22 carries is a pretty solid workload. First game of the season, no, remember, no playing action going into it. Um, Tony Pollard was involved, too. You know, it, it, it just comes down to, you know, you can't run someone. Honestly, the tight, even the Titans, you, you shouldn't be handing Henry the ball 31 times opening day. Uh, no. uh, that, that's going to really beat Sa- you down. Save your bullets. Save yeah. your bullets. Yeah, uh, no, my biggest takeaway from that game in terms of Dallas is, like I said, their defense is not good. So, I mean, I, I told you it wasn't going to be good. Look for Dak to throw it a lot this year. Uh, that that defense without Jerry McCoy, without anyone to stop the pass, Robert Woods ate him alive. Lee and Vanderesh, poor Vanderesh, back to back years, man. Yeah, their secondary is not very be- good, but Alden Smith, what a fucking pickup, man. Yeah, he's he, gonna be a baller this he, year. He, he'll be great for the six weeks that he plays. For cheap too. For cheap. I love the pickup though. I mean, they got a lot of flack for that pickup. I fucking love the pickup. Oh, Smith. all day long. I think he's at the vet minimum too. Oh yeah, bring it on, dude. Absolutely. But my, uh, my overreaction is uh, Mitch Trubisky shakes off the bust and has a Pro Bowl high caliber year. He put up a quarterback rating of 104, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 17-point fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, Mitch Trubisky heard everyone all offseason, and he shows everybody why he got picked so high. So it's definitely an overreaction. Uh Here's the thing. I've been saying the Bears are going to be good all offseason. Uh, I picked them as the number two in the NFC North. I still believe that. Uh, they're, they're a good team. They've always been a good team. Uh, also, by the way, last two weeks came out Chicago Bears, Tom Brady's number two pick. A lot of people thought it was the Raiders. It was the Bears, which I love. Dude, Brady. I love the cold weather city. That would have been sure. It would it would have been a great match. It really would have. I don't know why the Bears didn't pursue that harder. That would have been a great fit because all they need is just a guy that can operate. Dude, that's what Trubisky did a couple of years ago when they went to the playoffs and they were dominant. They won thirteen games. Thirteen and three. Uh, yeah. That that is the team. 
it, they're still the same team. They haven't lost much. They've actually added some. That's a really good team. You can plug guys in there. It wasn't Mitch Trubisky that won that game. It was a really good Bears team. And, of course, DeAndre Swift dropping the pass in the end zone. Sure. That's got to that's hurt, man. That's got to be bad for your psyche coming right out of the college. Like, first NFL game, no preseason games. You drop the loot, the winning catch. And my dad said, too, when we were watching that game, if anyone can get this game done, it's fucking Stafford. And he did. He got it done, dude. Stafford is so good in the later later minutes. It's Absolutely. ridiculous. Absolutely. I love that guy. Uh, and and new, other news options here, or actually, let's uh, let's get Booth King's overreaction here. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, the, so the Bucks defense, uh, really, really good with the Bucks defense right yeah. now. You know, a, after the the loss last Sunday, every Bucks group online was just, oh, the Bucks defense still, you know, still playing. Sorry, still the same old Bucks D. They held Kamara to 17 yards. Yes, he got a couple, you know, catches out of the backfield and picked up some yardage. They also left Michael Thomas with 17 yards. Like, they held two premier players on a stout offense led by Drew Brees. Uh, I think the Bucs have something to prove this year. I think the defense is playing great. Um, you know, it's it's week one. No preseason. These things happen. They're going get to it, get it together. But uh, Bucs fans, man. They just <laughs> overreaction city. Speaking overreaction of overreaction city, there's no better city to be in and to overreact than Tampa right now. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. But I agree. The Bucks defense looked great. Yes. I don't care about the score, dude. Let's face it, Tom. And let's just talk about. It. We haven't even talked about this game. Tom Brady looked terrible. Yeah. He put them in some bad situations. Did you guys happen to see that sideline pass he threw? Awful. Was, there was just literally nobody, nobody, nobody there. Nobody around and, him. And when, when, when the camera got back to Tom Brady's face, his face was just like, it was almost like he blacked out, and then he woke up, and he threw that pass. Yeah. It was fucking weird. Uh, the Bucks defense looked awesome. Dude, yeah. Drew Brees. They were putting pressure on Drew Brees yep. all game. Drew Brees looked bad. Yeah. He really did. Sure. I mean, the, the Saints were opportunistic in that game. Uh, they got the clutch. Exceptions, yes. The, the, the kickoff kick recovery. I mean, the, yep. The Bucks, special teams the mistakes Saints by the Bucks. Made the most of it. Drew Brees is lucky that the Saints made out the way they did because he didn't make the mistakes that Tom Brady did. But he does not look like Drew Brees either. No. So I think that the thing that's going to be hidden by that game uh, is the fact that Drew Brees also did not look good at all. So could be quarterback controversy. I'm not even talking about Jameis. Taysom Hill. He never throws dude, he lays the ball. The boom, dude. He he puts his head down and goes after contact. It's he, fucking awesome. He was the only guy playing in that Vikings game uh, in in the playoffs last year. He almost single handedly beat the Vikings. He's an incredible player. Yeah, he you could play a pistol offense with that guy. I'm telling you, and play like a Lamar defense type scheme. Uh, He's every bit as athletic as Lamar Jackson. A Lamar a Lamar offense too. I think I think fits his skill set. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I've I've mentioned that before. One hundred percent. Um, so here's here's an overreaction for you. We were shitting on Philip Rivers, and deservingly so. He had a bad game. His QBR was 56, which is a bad QBR. Tom Brady's QBR 34. Yeah, Tom Brady game. is Woof. Tom Brady is done. He's done. Uh, I had the Bucks win in 12 games. I'm feeling awful about it. I'm jumping ship. Tom Brady stinks, and they don't even have a winning record in that division. <laughs> you need to move to Tampa with that with that logic. Yeah. The, the, They're not done. You, no, you're definitely no. right about the overreaction. That's no, for the, sure. that, that right there is the overreaction. Still a really good overall <laughs> yeah. team. Still yeah. a really good overall team. One game. I don't. I don't. 
Who actually thought that they were going to come out and beat the Saints week one? Uh, I, I mean, we, if you listen to the pod, none of us did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well I, think, I think one of the things that stood relatively true throughout um, all the games in the NFL uh, opening week was the teams that had the most um, continuity, continuity carryover, like on whatever side of the ball, quarterback, the, offensive the, coordinator, the, or the, seam scheme the, system. The, those are the teams that just clicked quick, you know, early in the first and just ran away with it on either side of the ball. Sure. Here's another uh, observation from last week. Josh Allen, great fucking game against an uh, agreeably bad defense, but Josh Allen looked phenomenal last week. He, he did have some turnovers. He did have some turnovers in that game. Uh, it makes me think that there's a little bit of susceptibility if he's playing a team better than two the Jets. turnovers. Uh, but yeah, both in the second yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. yeah well, two. Well, well, no, he had he had a fumble and a pick. I think he did, he had no interceptions. He okay, actually two had fumbles a pretty good then. QBR. Two fumbles then. Something like that. Um, I, I saw some mistakes out of him, for sure. Uh, but he, he still passed for 312 yards and rushed for 57 yards. Uh, Josh Allen is one of these guys that I did not believe in him coming out of the draft. I still don't think I believe in him. But every year, he's one of these guys that he seems to get a little bit better. And if he can continue his progression, Josh Allen could be a special player in the league. Like If, if you can just figure out a way to make him work, He's such a phenomenal athlete, man. He's mm-hmm. such a great athlete. Yeah, big arm, big Sam Darnold, lowest PR run. of the week. And then the S- Browns. Sam, Sam Darnold? Then the Browns uh, were, yeah, the, no, no. of course, the fucking Browns. It's it's hard to tell if the Ravens were just so that good or if the Browns are just that terrible. Probably you, a combination of both. Nobody thought that the Browns were going to beat the Ravens. Nobody thought that. Nobody was going to pick that game. But 38-6? to six, Get the fuck out of here, man. Browns are exactly what they thought they were. I hammered their coaching hire. I mean, dude, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings last year? What the fuck? He wasn't even the guy calling the plays in the end. Yeah. If, if you're about to script a first quarter for anybody, you start off with an interception on your first drive, then you're down 7 nothing, and you follow it up with a fake punt sweep. You know, you know it's Cleveland. Come on, guys. <laughs> For sure. Uh, terrible. Just terrible. Like, that's just not the move. That That's scared, desperate. And uh, you're supposed to have some kind of confidence, man. And they just gave it away early and just couldn't climb. Well, so I don't know if you know this, but the Vikings had a rare situation last year where they actually had a officially designated co-offensive coordinator who was a super winning Super Bowl winning coach for the Broncos last year and is now the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. But imagine going out and hiring your head coach and he's the co-offensive coordinator for a team whose offense was good, but it wasn't even top five. Imagine that. That's so Browns. (laughs) So fucking Browns. Everybody's trying to get that young Sean McVay guy and the Browns, they struck out, I'm telling you. They just always find ways to miss. I'm never going to be upset about it, ever. Right. Ever, ever. I love, I love it. Um, it's, it's, it's like one of those things. Like it's just part of football. It's like what you expect every year. So um, it was, it was relieving after everything that's been going on. Sure. Well, speaking of bad coaching, can we talk about Vic Fangio and yes. how he is literally the dumbest coach? I don't know about the worst, but he's by far strategically the dumbest coach. I, when we, when we uh, previewed that, I was, I said that Denver had lost. Six game, six one score games. Now I know why, because Vic Bangio can't coach at all. That's why they lost that many close games. He's a really good coordinator, uh, but possibly a really bad head coach. Um, it wasn't just Fangio, though. It's also uh, Pat Shermer, the new offensive coordinator. 
just had some awful play calls. You mm-hmm. go out, you get Melvin Gordon in the offseason. What is Melvin Gordon known for? Red zone Red touches. Zone. Yep. Do you remember that one year he had 15 touchdowns for the Chargers, rushing touchdowns, and, and he didn't even have that impressive of a year? He's so good in the red zone. What do they do when they get on the four-yard line? They pass. They pass. give it to Lindsey. They give it to Royce they, Freeman. Yeah. they No, they, they passed it to Lindsey. Then they then they did a another pass. Then they ran Melvin Gordon. And then on fourth down, they did like a tight end screen. Yeah. Like just trying. To, that, that's exactly what Shermer does sometimes is he tries to get too cute yeah. when he just needs to pound the rock. If you're on the four-yard line, you have Melvin Gordon. Pound it four times. He's going to get in eventually. Right. Sure. Now, there's always those moments that, you know, the coach coach will tell you, if, if we can't pick this up, you don't even deserve to play. Pick it up. There's no excuse, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, Vic Fangio completely left a bunch of time on the board. Could have had some opportunities to take some timeouts toward the ends of that, end of that game and force Tennessee to either, you know, score or if they kick it or whatever, um, to only take the the small lead, then, then they'd get plenty of time back to have a chance to kick a game-winning or tying field goal themselves. And he didn't take the timeouts, so it, he left him. He left him in his pocket. That it's really stupid, um, and he he should be criticized for that a lot, and and is being so. And the right Titans should have whooped their ass. I mean, three missed field goals, uh, lots of missed opportunities, and they're scoring drives. Like the it, if if twenty the opening of the 2020 season was a game, that was the game. It was sloppy. It was bad. Last five minutes lasted for like what do you think, Brandon? Like four and a half hours. I sat there. I think I was wrong about Drew Locke being good. I I don't know if he's very good. I do think he's actually pretty good. Uh, I think the play calling was was really bad. He impressed me in that game though in the beginning, and uh, yeah, it faded off. But so did the play calling. So, yeah. Any other week one overreactions? Are we ready to move on Um, to week two? Actually, kind of. Brandon, are you are you Bud Dupree guy? (laughs) Oh shit! Uh, Foot insert mouth. No, I I didn't even think we should waste $16 million on them this year. I thought there were other ways Steelers could use that money. Um, yeah, I'm looking pretty fucking stupid for saying the uh, Steelers shouldn't franchise Bud. Bud Dupree, uh, defensive NFL MVP. A guy who started off slow. Um, we knew that he had some developing to do. I think everyone had like some uh, Jarvis Jones-type worries with him. Um, great year last year. Uh, very, uh, very quiet 11 and a half sacks. Um, and you know, the sack numbers may have not been, um, been there Monday night, but what a game wrecker he was, yep. it, you know, games, havoc rate, just a game wrecker. And, and honestly, it's kind of scary that to think that he could possibly like, this could be like him coming into his own, I guess, in the system, very versatile guy, but who gave me chills seeing what he was doing Monday night. He was the best player on the field. Oh, I mean, a field that had Saquon Barkley, Big Ben, JJ uh, Watt, TJ Watt, Watt Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He was by far the not by far, but he was the best player on the field Monday night. And uh, two quick callbacks. Uh, number one, last week I said that I thought the Steelers' defense was going to be the best in the NFL, looking pretty good right there. Uh, number two, when we did the AFC North preview, there was only one of us, only one of us, out of two Yinzers. Or did you take the Steelers? I don't think you did for this, the division. Yeah. Oh yeah, I took. I, okay, I got, you took the Steelers. Okay, he got, wasn't got, on that. Uh, pod. The other yeah, Yinzer. I got him for the Super Bowl. Okay, you weren't on the pod. Okay. Yeah. I was the only one in that pod that took the Steelers to win the division. Um, I said last week that I thought they had the best defense in the NFL. I think that all those things will hold up this year. Sure. We'll see. Great defense. Great defense. Just swarms on the ball. 
it, it's, it's like one of the defenses where you like kind of grew up watching, you know, and then, um, you know, here in the steel curtain or, um, the, you know, in the early, the James Harrison, Troy days, sure. just aggressive, mean, throwing out athletic. weird places. It's so Super athletic, athletic, so athletic. It was, that's, that's Steeler football. That's football. I like to watch just really good, mean defense, man. Minka really completed the puzzle there. I mean, he, he was, he was the final piece. It was just a great off season trade or, or sorry, in season trade. And yeah, ever since Minka got there last year, it's been a different defense. So let's move on to the week two games after the overreaction city that was week one. So it's all gone now. Everybody's gotten a little bit of a warm up. I think it's still going to be a sloppy week two. You guys agree? I mean, I, I think I think the sloppiness is not quite over yet. I, I think I think we see some overreaction here on a lot of teams in terms of you know Vegas setting the lines in a lot of different ways, and then everybody being like, "Oh wow, okay, so that team they sucked on week one. They're going to continue to suck all season, and so we're going to see some pushback. I think on on some of these. Yep. So the way we're going to do this uh, going forward is uh, we're going to pick four games, and the way we're going to pick those four games is basically whatever the closest lines are. So as small as they can come, as close as Vegas thinks that game's going to come, we're going to pick money line bets on all those games. So you're talking 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock slate, four games, correct? Yeah, and, correct. And, and then we're going to keep the prime time. Correct. Yep, so, uh, yep, that's what I was about to explain. Uh, so you got four, the four closest games in the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock slots, and then the two prime time games. We're going to pick those every week, and then we're all going to give you our our parlay of the week, which is going to be a three-team money line bet. We're going to track what this is every week, and we're going to hypothetically set $10 bets. That's not hypothetical for most of us because we're actually going to be betting that. But we will post uh, what our records are for the for the year so you know exactly who to follow and who is doing terrible to not follow. So let's get this thing going. Uh, Atlanta at Dallas is our first game of the week. Uh, I think a Extremely interesting game. Uh, you have two teams that have lost in week one. Uh, one team who is a Super Bowl favorite by a lot uh, in Dallas. And uh, this is a game that started out the week in Vegas with the Cowboys as a seven-point favorite. Whatever has happened over the week, the Cowboys have drifted now to f- a four-point favorite. So, obviously, you know, people are not liking Dallas or people are liking Atlanta. I'm not really sure what's going on with that line, but it has moved down significantly. A three-point swing over the course of a week is huge. So uh, Atlanta at Dallas, who wants to take this? Dallas was a huge letdown for me last week. Um, And guess what? So is Atlanta. Um, Right. This is a weird matchup. Truthfully, I like the Falcons with with the points. Um, It's going to be a weird one. I I have to take Dallas just because they're at home. Uh, Some injuries are going to be kind of – you know, flirting with both teams. I th- I just think the Cowboys are a better team as a whole. And, um, you know, if I lose this one, I'll be not upset because I get to see some uh, some Jerry World action going on. But uh, give me the Cowboys at home. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to uh, – I'm right there with, in the same boat with you. I'm going to take the Cowboys money line, and uh, I like the Falcons to cover the four and a half at this point. Um, in terms of what, what I think, how the game's going to play out, I just think it's going to be very pointsy. There's going to be not a lot of defense played in this game, so – uh, start your fantasy players in this game for sure. Yeah, I like a bounce back game here for Dallas, at least on on, on both Dak and uh, and and the offense in general. Uh, the over unders at fifty two and a half. I'm with Newman. I definitely think this is a shoot 'em out game. Uh, so I am hammering the uh, hammering the over there, uh, and I also have Dallas money line there. 
Boof. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm sticking with Dallas on that one. Okay. Yeah, Dallas at home. Yep, I'm going Dallas as well. Uh, I don't think that one's uh, no one's going to Atlanta there, so <laughs> I didn't think they would. Uh, but on to a much closer game, uh, L.A. at Philly. So two teams that, I mean, nobody really thought much of L.A. coming to the season. Now a lot of people do. The Rams are actually favored on the road on this game. And uh, this is a very strange swing because the Eagles were actually favored to open the, open the, the books at four points. Wow. And now the Rams are now favored by one. Sure. There's a lot to not like about what the Eagles were doing last week, but that is a very interesting swing. Uh, gosh, Rams favored on the road. What do you guys got? In um, in typical Philly fashion, you'd expect them to just come out and blow blow this game out, win by a ton. Um, but Aaron Donald's a game wrecker. Uh, he showed it last week. He embarrassed uh, Zeke. Um, and that's one of uh, Philly's weak spots. And they're just decimated. Um uh, Jalen Rager flashed for him last week, um, but they just they just don't have the weapons that are healthy on the outside. Um, Zach Ertz is going to keep trying to uh, you know make some plays to make some money, but uh, give me give me the Rams in this one, boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Rams as well. Uh, I mean, it, like you said, it's a one point spread, so you can take them with the point or whatever; it doesn't matter. Uh, it's basically a money line game there, anyway. Uh, also, the Eagles have some questions on defense. Brandon Graham is hurt now, also. So, I mean, th- this is just a banged up team, and I expect the Rams to roll. <clears throat> yeah. Roll. Uh, so I, I get this. I get this weird little uh, West Coast East Coast. You know, I the statistics show there that gets a little overplayed out. It's not totally true. A West coast team going East, but I'm buying into it. I, I think, uh, I think Philly bounces back. Uh, and I still, I like Wentz more than golf. Uh, give me, give me Philly there on the money line. Yeah. I'm still sticking with the, uh, the Rams there. I think you guys said it best. I think the Eagles are uh, pretty beat up in their receiving core right now. The offensive weapons just aren't there. Uh, you know, Rams got a great defense. Aaron Donald's just going to soak it up. He's going to put pressure on all day. Um, yeah, give me Rams. Yeah, I, th- I think there's only one playoff team in the NFC East this year, and that's the Cowboys. Um, I didn't really know what we were going to get out of the Eagles. Last week kind of showed me all I needed to know. Uh, I'm taking the Rams 100%. Uh, I don't think it's that close, to be honest. Uh, I, man, I'd love if I would have gotten some of that action when it opened up with the Eagles favored at four. My God, I can tell why the line swang so much because a bunch of people were probably hammering the money line on the Rams on that, which is just moving the line over. But, uh, yeah, give me the Rams all day. I love what I saw of the Rams. Dude, Aaron Donald looks better than ever. It's terrifying. It's unbelievable. Dude, he's a monster. Did you see when he literally picked up Ezekiel Elliott? This is an actual play that happened. (laughs) He picked up Ezekiel Elliott and threw him into Dak Prescott and almost tackled Dak Prescott with the body of Ezekiel Elliott. He's fucking unreal. Did you see the play when it was like, uh, kind of remind me of Draft House when we were playing bowling? He he, <laughs> he, he ran over and there were two offensive uh, guys just standing there mm. and they didn't quite see him and he literally just popped them both and they fell down and then he went over and sacked Jared Goff. Yeah. He's an unreal player. He's playing at the top of his level. I didn't even know there was a higher level that he could play at, but he's at it. He's been unbelievable for his whole career. Now, and I think one of the knocks on him was his height and length coming out of college. Yes, correct. Oh, but, oh, my that God. That plays to his advantage. His low center of gravity, you can't get under him. He's always going to be under you, and he's so much stronger than you, and he's fucking ridiculous. He's so much stronger than everybody. 
Yeah. God, he's uh, terrifying. I need to make up a game on Newman. So I like that you guys all took uh, the Rams and I took the Eagles. For I'm sure. Gonna like, uh, I'm going to like tying for the lead after that pick. Yeah. Yep. Or falling farther behind, but okay. So this is where I think that the uh, the group may separate. I got Minnesota at Indy. Uh, Indy is a three-point favorite, which blew my fucking mind. Uh, and this is a line that has not moved at all since the opening of Vegas bets. Uh, this has stayed at negative three. So I think people are kind of going back and forth. A lot of people are down on Vikings, and of course there's reason to be down on them. Uh, one thing I will point out about the Vikings is that they did play a home opener against Green Bay without any fans. If you've never been to U.S. Bank Stadium, that is a loud fucking stadium. That is a huge advantage to play at home there. They got robbed there because, by the way, when they play at Lambeau Field in, like, week 15, Lambeau Field's probably going to have a crowd, so it sucks. That's one of these variables this year that I think a lot of people weren't really thinking of that you got to think of. There's no crowds right now, so what's going to happen later in the year when these division rivals have to go across and all of a sudden play them with a crowd? It's going to be very interesting. So what do you guys think of this game? Well, well especially when it's the crowd's first game. Come, yeah. It could be week 15, first game. That's like opening day We're all over. Those um, fans are going to be yelling. Yelling. It's going to be loud. Especially Lambeau. So, uh, so I will say this next stretch of games were um, actually challenging for me. I was going back and forth. Um I'm probably going to hate this pick, but I am going to take the Colts um, at home against Minnesota to win. Um, uh, I love love Minnesota with the three three and a half is where I'll buy them at. Um, I do. I, the Colts are they're strong in the front seven. Um, they do have some weaknesses in the you know in the the, the defensive back core. Mm-hmm. But so do, Minnesota safeties are good, but they're you know front two corners nickel. I think that's kind of their weakness. Um, but they're so they're solid everywhere. Um, just it's it's gonna be it's Marcus. Gonna be a you had them at ten game. games, dude. You had the Colts winning ten. I've, I've, I've games. Got, I've got. I tried to I've, talk you out I've of got, it. I've got. And got you listen to I, me. I said nine to ten, but I think they get their first one here and they get on a get on that run. Give me the Colts at home. So, so I'm actually on the Colts as well. Money line. I actually like them to cover the three points. I think that Paris Campbell has a big game in the slot, uh, and I mean. Minnesota's defense, you know, they, they kind of were exposed a little bit by Green Bay, I think. Uh, Daniil Hunter's out. Yannick Ngakwe is still pretty new to the defense. And their, their secondary, you know, their, their, their safeties are really good, but their corners are, you know, very questionable at this point. So Phillip Rivers gets a bounce back here. Everyone thinks he sucks. He's going to come out and try to prove something. So I, I like uh, I like Indy here. No, give, give me Minnesota. Um, I'm... <laughs> I, I think the I said the Colts are going to win five or six. Uh, they might not win that. Philip Rivers stinks. I think the Vikings come out pissed off, um, wanting to right the ship. Uh, give me the. I would actually take the points um, and the and the money line there. Um, but uh, I'm 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 Minnesota all the way. Yeah, I'm also sticking with the Minnesota Vikings there. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor comes in with you know the week two starting position after losing Marlon Mack. Uh, Minnesota, that run defense was looking stout. They were just bottling up Aaron Jones, uh, which does not bode well for me on my fantasy team. I have Jonathan Taylor, and I need him to have a big game, but I just do not see it this week. I think Minnesota's defense is going to stand up. Uh, the secondary, you know, yeah, they, they've they've got some questions there, but uh, g- give me Minnesota. I, I, I don't trust Phillip Rivers. So here's the thing about the Vikings game. If you just looked at it from the score perspective and didn't actually watch the game, which I have a feeling a lot of you did, uh, it looks like it's a lot worse than it is. Uh, there, here, here's some facts about the Vikings. They might have one of the worst cornerback crews in the, in the league. 
Uh, their oldest quarterback is 24 years old. It is extremely inexperienced, um, ridiculously inexperienced. I mean, it's their weakness. How do you beat the Vikings? You have to pass. Who cannot pass in Indy? Philip fucking Rivers. It's not just this season, guys. He was terrible last year. Uh, the Vikings played him last year. They obliterated him. What are the Vikings really good at? Even against the Packers? And now the Packers wore him down later in the game. Look at Aaron Jones' stats from that game. Look at all the Green Bay running backs. They're not going to be able to run the Vikings. The running the Vikings' run defense is really stout. The flow of that game did not bode well for them. Aaron Rodgers was just, just started taking shots. And he destroyed the rookie cornerback crew that was the Vikings. But you know who's not going to be able to do that is Phillip Rivers. Because Phillip Rivers is not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's, he's, he's not been that player for quite some time. Um, Aaron Rodgers like reached back in time and grabbed the old guy. Philip Rivers is not going to do that. He's going to be immobile. The Vikings are going to come out with him, come at him. You know who was who was completely a ghost from last game in Gakwe. Yeah, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that maybe he doesn't know the playbook. I'm not really sure what happened. Maybe they were double teaming him a bunch. That is not going to happen twice in a row. You know what the Vikings do have good in their secondary? The best safety duo in the league. I see some interceptions in Philip Rivers' uh, future. The Vikings are going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it big. Big time. What's the uh, what's the over-under in this one? Uh, I am not not sure. Does anybody have that? This is, I yeah, a, hold, hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. I, I moved away from it because in my mind, this game is going to suck. And Minnesota see, is going to win by a lot. They're going to destroy him. I've got, I've got a weird feeling this is going to be one of those uh, 23-17 games, 23-20. Uh, I think something weird happens. Um, I, was all, I was all on the Vikes, um, um, but I also knew a lot of people were going to take him. I, th- I thought this might have been a good play. Um, sure. But, um, but, you know, what was weird about that Vikings game and – and you know that first half had one of the wildest finishes ever. It was seven, seven, seven six. Yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay goes down, scores, get the, gets a conversion. Minnesota goes four, with forty seconds left, gets the ball, nothing. Then forty five yard touchdown pass from it's twenty two seven within a matter of forty seconds. Yeah, huge swing. Yep, huge swing. Yep. So that 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 over under is forty eight and a half. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy under. Yeah. Um. I could see that being 27-17, uh, 31-13, something like that. I'm telling you guys, the Vikings are going to dominate the Colts. I, 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 really, I really like the Colts as a team. I really don't like their quarterback. And one thing that Zimmer does so well with his defense is when he sees a weakness at quarterback, he fucking attacks. Dude, Phillip Rivers is going to be under such duress. Watch Anthony Barr to come off the edge and Gawkway, hopefully... For love of God, Ngakwe's got to do something. If they had Daniel Hunter in this game, it would be just an absolute wrecking ball. But since they don't, I think they're going to win by 10 points at least still. So that, that is my, that's my lock of the week, by the way. And we, you guys can call me out next week however you want. I'm the biggest pessimist when it comes to my own team. I'm telling you, they're going to dominate the Colts next week. So on to the next game. New York at Chicago. Uh... Five and a half points, Chicago, who, by the way, barely squeaked one out last week against Detroit. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, you heard it from Marcus earlier, MVP this this year. Well, that um, was actually from, uh, from uh, Brandon. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just messing with you, but yeah, five and a half point favorites. Uh, what do you guys think of this game? I think I think it's a very interesting game because you don't really even know what you got in New York. It's it's a very very interesting one. Um, was anyone not impressed by what the what the Giants did? I was. I, 
I, I was actually very impressed with what they did defensively. Um, I think that the name, the, the stained name of the Giants and, uh, you know, Jason Garrett, however everyone wants to joke, um, I think it's a bad rap because they have some very good young talent. Right. Um, and I, I love five and a half. And I'm actually going to take the Giants to uh, to win this one. The Bears can't win two in a row. So straight they? up, I'm taking the Giants okay. in our pool, boys. All right, very nice. That is a that is a wild pick for sure. Five and a half. That's a big dog. So, so I, initially, I, I like the Bears to win money line and the Giants to cover. But the more I've been thinking about it, um, I think I might switch that. Uh, I was going to do the whole, you know. Cover my cover my uh, at my ends by taking the Giants in in my parlay, which I'm still going to do. But I'm actually going to take the Giants to to win this game because uh, I think the Bears, if they do have a weakness on defense, it is kind of their their corners. They're a little questionable, and um, I think the Giants are capable of taking advantage of some of that as well as some Saquon out of the backfield. Uh, I think it's going to be you know a lot of, a lot of throwing the ball for for Danny Jones and 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 some quarterback runs. Not probably a ton of Saquon rushing the ball, but. Um, I think it was interesting enough to where you know the, the Bears left me a little bit a uh, little bit underwhelmed by that performance. So I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, I'll tell you what, D- Daniel Jones, man, uh, the Steelers defense. Obviously, we've all agreed how good they are. Th- there was times that even with all the pressure and everything he was facing, you know, he, he still put together some very good drives and some very good throws. Um, um, I think a lot of people are going to be eating their words of what you know from last year. Um, obviously, early, but man, he he, he impressed me. Yeah, no, for three quarters, Chicago looked like Cleveland Browns bad. They they looked horrible for three quarters, and then fourth quarter, just just completely different team. Um, I think this is one of the the ugliest games of the week. I think this this potentially has like a Denver Tennessee sloppiness to it. Um, I I like uh, New York getting the points, but since we're picking money line here. Um, I'm going to ride Mitch for another week. Give me Chicago. All right. So Danny Dimes and the New York football Giants. Give me the Giants. Look for Trubisky to look very much like Trubisky from previous years. I see him coming back to coming back to Jesus and just looking like looking like Trubisky that we know. Yeah, I mean, he looked like Trubisky for a lot of last game. Uh, I w- will say that, um, but I do have faith in this Chicago team. I I'm a little confused about what happened last year with Chicago. I I still don't. I still can't quite put it together. My only theory is that Trubisky was just that bad that they could never get it together last year. Their defense still looked great at times last year. Their defense, I think, is still really good. Get up. Number one in, in the in NFL by DVOA at yes. the end of the season. So Chicago's defense is still is still that bitch, for real. Uh, give me Chicago at this game. Uh, I think it is going to be a close game. Now, with the points, five and a half, if we're, remember, these are all money line bets that we're giving you. I would hammer the Giants. I think that's a great Giants uh, spread. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, love Danny Dimes. Loves what he does. I, I drafted him in, in multiple fantasy leagues this year. I uh, love Danny Dimes, but I just don't love the New York Giants defense. Uh, I think in the end, the Chicago defense overcomes the Giants offense, and uh, Chicago is going to take this game. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that, too. It's actually our, Mark, Markish, uh, real quick. Yo. One of the tougher over-unders for me, it's at 42. What what are you doing here? Um, take the under at forty two non prime time. 
Um, stay away. <laughs> yeah, stay away. But that's a hard line. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But gun, I, gun to head. What would you have to? Oh, what would I'll, you take? I'll run over. Yeah, I would take the over. If I gun to head. 24, 21. 20, 24, 21 is good. Good number. Interesting. So let's go into a wild game from a Vegas perspective, and I think we're going to differ greatly on this game, or maybe not. Uh, Patriots at Seahawks. So this is the Patriots going uh, from the east to the west to play a Seahawks team whose one of their biggest players is the crowd. They will have no crowd. In fact, I would bet that Seattle doesn't have a crowd for the remainder of the year, considering the politics that happen in Seattle. So uh, Seattle is going to be have a very bizarre year in that they might never have a crowd all year. And that crowd, if you've never watched a Seattle game, it influences the fuck out of their games. It's huge. So with a completely new New England team, they are favored by four points. I would love for somebody to do research to find the last time that New England has been a four-point dog. I'll bet it's been quite some time. Four more points? Gotta got gotta be. So, what do you guys take on this game? I think it's I think it's the most interesting game that we're picking all week. It, it is just because there are so many, like you said, so many factors that are playing in. Right. Um, both teams had uh, good wins, but it's just how the play styles are going to clash with each other. Um, I am going to take New England. Um, am I going to play some terrible cards? Yeah, Bill Belichick's mother just died, so. They have to play harder. They have to win something. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, she just died uh, yesterday. Um, So, and and take it how you want it, but that that always plays as a factor in how how I approach things. Um, Past past the fans and the crowd, um, I think that there's definitely a favorable matchup for uh, New England's offensive style versus uh, Seattle's uh, Seattle style. But um, this is a big test for Cam. He's gonna he's gonna have to win with his arm. Um, but I, I'm, I like New England to win this one, boys. So how good was Cam Newton? Uh, I know it's Miami and, and whatever, but 15 for 19, uh, two running touchdowns, just had control of the whole game. I know it came close there some part of the second half, uh, but I, I like New England. I like early season Bill Belichick. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, Seattle doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons against a, uh, a pretty good Patriots defense that uh, that did lose some key pieces, but I still think the schemes there for success. Um, I I like uh, I like the Patriots uh, money line here. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to jump on uh, the, the Seahawks. I'm on the Russ bandwagon all day. Uh, Belichick has, if, if he does have a deficiency in terms of coordinating defenses it's when there's a rushing quarterback i think that that opens the door for russ to you know pick up some first downs where, where he needs to maybe take advantage of some drops in coverage for for uh, the new england secondary also i think that you know i think that the seahawks actually have some pretty some pretty good talent at, at the as their pass catchers greg olson looked pretty good on sunday uh plus you got tyler lockett dk metcalf doing their thing and then chris carson out of the backfield it, it can take advantage of some some young run, linebackers there uh for new england and then in terms of the defense, Cam Newton, uh, yes, he looked great on Sunday, but he now is going to go up against one of the teams with, with the better linebacking cores in the NFL, you know, with uh, with uh, uh, Bobby Wagner. Uh, maybe they just have to spy him uh, to t- take that away from Cam Newton, but I think they're capable of getting it done. So I like the Seahawks to win the game, but I like the Pats to cover. If you're the so warden, do you let Brandon Seattle Brown gave up 522 points, Newman. Uh, I know it's Atlanta and 522 they got, they got points, points. 
No, uh, they gave up 522 yards. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yes. I mean, Atlanta has a pretty good offense, dude. I think that their offense is better than the Patriots' offense, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Totally. I. Yeah. So, it, as far as the the Seahawks versus the Patriots, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks. Now, yes, Cam looked very vintage. Cam, he looked great. You know, he he held the offense really well. He did his things, but he also did that against the Miami Dolphins. And now he comes in and he's playing against the Seahawks. Uh, I just uh, let let Russ cook. Let Russ yep. cook. Amen. I'm with it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going uh, Patriots, and uh, I'm not confident about it at all. But uh, I have to roll the dice on the Patriots. I've never seen them be uh, dogs like this. I think they're going to take that personally. You go into Seattle uh, with with that. Uh, chip on your shoulder. I did not know that thing about Bill Belichick, but that only, I mean, that only strengthens my argument more, I think. Um, I think they go and get it done. You know, we, we're talking a lot about uh, Seattle's offense. You know what I don't think is good is their defense. And I think that Atlanta was just bad enough that it wasn't exposed quite enough. But I think that Seattle is going to struggle for the rest of the year with their defense. Their offense is just ridiculous, which is crazy because their best wide receiver is Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, I, I agree with you on the defense com, uh, comment, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with, with Newman there. I think, uh, I think the defense holds them back. For sure. I mean, outside of Bobby Wagner, what do they really got? Jamal Adams. Cool. Who looked really good on Sunday. Who else? I mean, that you, you asked for one. I gave you one. No, I didn't ask for one. <laughs> I said, who else? Yeah, you, you gave me one. Yeah. Who else? Okay. I mean, Jamal. So Jamal two, Adams. Two, two players can give can can make an offense. Or Jamal Adams is an eraser. They also have KJ Wright, who's a pretty good linebacker there. And then, um, I mean, the, the, I think their their biggest question mark for Seattle in terms of the defense is they don't necessarily have a, a great guy to get after the passer. Um, Which yeah. is pretty big in this it's league. Huge. Uh, sure. They have arguably the best middle linebacker in the league. Uh, one of the best safeties in the league. Outside of that. No, no, maybe no. three players in that defense. I, I, I it's do an question, extremely average defense. I, I do question their defense in terms of going forward uh, for you know the, the course of the season. That's why I picked against them to win that division. But in terms of this game, I think that they have you know Pete Carroll is actually pretty good at developing some secondary guys. They they can coach them up a little bit, and they've got a uh, one of the Griffin brothers out there uh, playing corner who who's looked pretty good at times. So, I, I mean, I, I think that they can take away enough of what New England's trying to do on offense to get this game. Here's one more interesting stat that you've given us. A couple weeks ago, you said that one of the few teams that actually has a winning record against Tom Brady is the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm sure... No, no not a single team has a, has a, rec, has or, a winning oh, sorry. record. Uh, has a, it does not have a losing record. Yes. So, I'm sure, if that being the case, that also means that they probably have a pretty decent record against Bill Belichick. So, I mean, maybe, maybe they just have their number. A lot, of, a lot of assumes going on here. You know what they say about assumptions. Uh, the Seahawks do not have a great defense this year, and that, that's the difference. Is If Russell Wilson's on the field for a lot of this game, yes, they're going to win it. But I think the Patriots are just going to try and grind them down. They have this stable of running backs. I think they're going to throw everything they got at them. Uh, hopefully, you know, Cam Newton converts a lot of the third downs. But if they can just control the clock, I'm telling you, the Patriots could, are, are going to win this. It's going to be so close. I'm not saying the Patriots are going to blow them out. They're not. They might win by a field goal. But I just I trust in Bill Belichick and getting this done. This could oddly be one of those under under 38 games, under 40 games. Um, 
for sure. 17, 13, something, something just, it could be an ugly game. I I, I think New England's going to play Russ really hard. Uh, Ugly, but fun to watch for sure. Agreed. All right. So on to Monday night, Um, Sunday night. Oh no, Monday night. You're right. I'm sorry. Yep. Thanks for the correction. Newman. Uh, so on to Monday night, Saints <laughs> play the Raiders. Somebody's got to hold you accountable. The Saints are always negatively. Um, so the Saints are six-point favorites against a pretty interesting Vegas team. Or are they? Did they just really play a really bad Panthers team last week? Who knows? That's what we're going to find out. But in terms of this game, uh, the Saints started out as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but the uh, Patriots-Saints game last week was the highest-rated game uh, from a Fox telecast since 2016. Bucks Saints. Bucks Saints. Bucks Saints. Saints. So, uh, since 2016. So, everyone's riding the Saints dicks right now. But weirdly enough, the the points have not shifted as crazy as I thought they would. Started out at four and a half Saints favorites, and they've shifted now to six. So, I thought that might actually shift a little bit more because I think the whole world is just riding that Saint dick right now. But... At six points in L.A. or in Las Vegas, this is this is the opening game for the Vegas Stadium. I mean, no crowd, but it it's, could be interesting. It's one of the, it's one of those weird ones. If, if this is something that moves to seven, um, it's something I'll buy to seven and a half for uh, Vegas as an underdog all day. Um, I, I actually really liked what they did. Um, we, we expected them to put up points against Carolina's defense, which they did. Um, Carolina can they can move the ball. Um, McCaffrey, actually, Teddy Bridgewater looks really good, um, you know, in spurts. Um, there's going to be a lot of question marks in that defense. They are going to surprise us. I Honestly, I think the Raiders are leading late in the fourth and do something dumb. But give me New Orleans. And I was actually very much teeter-tottering on this game, too. Yeah, I like New Orleans. I like them to cover the five and a half or six, whatever point. I, th- I think they the Raiders don't stand a chance in this game. I didn't think their defense looked good at all. Obviously, giving up that many points to Carolina, who's you know breaking in a new quarterback and a new offense, and they still gave up that many points. Uh, I, I, I don't think that the Raiders' defense is good. Their offense looks pretty good, but uh, Henry Ruggs is you know potentially questionable with some ding, a little ding here and there. And um, I, I don't think that the Saints let jo- uh, Josh Jacobs do that do he did on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I as close as I think this Patriots Seahawks, I think Patriots Seahawks game. I don't want to talk that much more about it, but that's coming down to the last two minutes. Um, I don't think this game is a competitive game uh, going into the second half. I think I think the Saints uh, showed me what really what they had, and uh, I got no confidence in Carr or Gruden. Um, give me the Saints and the points. Yeah, give me the Saints as well. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. Uh, you opened up against Carolina, won by what a score? Um, or there's there's a, there's a lot of things to to like about Vegas. I don't like their quarterback. <laughs> so um, give me give me the Saints all day long in this one, one hundred percent. Vegas and over was a great start for me, though. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet that was a huge game scoring wise. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Saints as well. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas is looking like he's going to be out a few weeks. Uh, you know, the Raiders were so close to the Panthers last week, and I just I, – there's just too many variables right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I trust the Raiders right now. I, uh, give me the Saints. Nope. You know, uh, su- Sunday at 1 o'clock we sat down, like right before kickoff, and uh, 
said, man, I'm not, I don't want to be too greedy. I don't want to ask for too much. But if I can just get five total touchdowns out of my RB1 and RB2, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be content. If you had Josh Jacobs and CMC last, last week, you were a happy, happy man, 100%. But Okay, so on to parlays. 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 So the way we're going to do parlays this year is uh, every week assume that we're betting 10 bucks. Uh, we're going to do three-team money line parlays. That's just straight win. Throw out the uh, lines, which can move over the point of the over the week. Uh, we're just doing money line bets. So even if it's Sunday and it's been a few days, uh, if you bet our parlay, you're going to win or lose with us. So let's get this thing going. And this is one of the more interesting aspects. Uh, out of all the people that bet last week in our parlays, only one of us won. And that was uh, Mr. Brandon out in, in Indianapolis. And uh, I don't think a lot of people won parlays last week. Yeah. Who, who did win a parlay last week? I mean, it was, t- it was a horrible week for Vegas. Yeah, well, I mean, on, on this mode is, is one thing. Um, right. These, these aren't going to be your general ones. Um, and to discredit him, he did have Kansas City, and none of us were playing with Thursday. So we tried to give him a little leap up on this one. Oh, that's to, true. To, to welcome yeah, him. Yeah, we were not. Yeah, we did, were not counting Thursday's games. So interesting. But, uh, yeah, the the one the one if we didn't count Thursday, the Panthers actually cost me like a plus two thousand parlay. I had the Jaguars, I had Chicago, and I had Carolina. And if Carolina would just gave CMC the ball on fourth and one, I think they go down and score. Um, so Carolina cost me about two hundred bucks. So um, not too happy with uh, with them. But yeah, since I'm since I'm leading, I'll go first. Um, I took three dogs, uh, but three very close games. Um, and we've actually covered all three uh, previously. Um, I'm taking New England. I'm taking Minnesota. And I'm taking Philadelphia. That pays out uh, on a $10 bet, $126.14. Um, I, I really like all those three teams in three close games. Um, yeah, no, I... It's, uh, Going I won for last it. week, so we are. One thing Drew didn't mention is, uh, you know, we're we're basing this on ROI. So whoever's bank roll is uh, highest at the end of the season. So I'm up twenty bucks on everybody. So I feel like I have a little bit of wiggle room to uh, to kind of swing for the fences with this parlay. No, I did mention that. Yeah, we're betting ten bucks a week. So the hypothetical ten dollar parlay. What, what what was your uh, what's your total return? Uh, a total returns one sixteen. Uh, so it's one twenty six on a ten dollar bet. So it's a one sixteen win. Okay, yeah. So so we're gonna calculate these as the total. So you get with your bet plus that. So it'd be one twenty six for you then. All right. So I'm gonna jump in here. Uh, I I have mine. Uh, my my parlay. I'm gonna take the Packers against Detroit, the Giants against the Bears, which we covered already, and then I'm gonna take the Ravens against the Texans. I'm just I'm bet, I'm keep it easy. Bet on the best division. One of the best divisions. Give me the Niners, the Rams, and the NFC champion, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so, so I actually have the Niners. If, if, if any of you are doing uh, still alive in your eliminator pick, I have, the, I have the Niners as my eliminator pick this week. I think that's your lock. Who are they playing? The Jets. J-E-T-S. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, uh, I'm not certainly swinging for the fences on this one. Last week, I only got one out of my three parlays, uh, and I'm just trying to call myself out of a hole. Give me Tampa. Give me Green Bay, and then give me who else did I have there? Oh, Casey, come on. All right, I'm going uh, kind of the similar route that uh, Brandon's going. 
I think a good parlay this week is Minnesota-New England uh, because I just think that they're both unfairly kind of getting uh, chopped for whatever reason. Uh, but my parlay is Minnesota-New England, and then I'm going to take the favorite in Dallas. All right. So, so sticking sticking with some football here, we uh, we've covered the NFL, but let's jump into some college here. What? Uh, so, Brandon, there's some big news out there in the college football world. Why don't you give us uh, give us a, the rundown here? Well, if you guys have been listening to us uh, since the beginning of COVID, uh, I've, I've said college football is going to happen. I was Ooh. very confident in the NFL, uh, but yeah, I was raining on the parade every time we talked about college football. Uh, I was wrong uh, about three out of the five Power Fives, and now the fourth Power Five has has jumped in uh the details on that is uh football is going to start on october 23rd there is going to be a friday game uh you're going to play your six uh division teams uh and then you're going to have two crossover games so there's going to be eight total games uh now there was a really interesting addition and this was actually led by harbaugh from michigan uh what he wanted is if you finish Last, So if you finish seventh in the division, your final game is going to be about against the seven in the other division. Um, so one, everybody 1v1, 2v2, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Nobody is getting, um, you know, nine games over everyone else. So Big Ten championship weekend, uh, everyone who's not in, uh, uh, in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship is still going to get a potential home game. Um, so awesome that the big Ten's back going to get nine games in, uh, and still going to be eligible for, for bowl, uh, bowl play, uh, which is pretty, pretty awesome to hear. Thank God it happened. Uh, I'm super, super ready to watch, uh, Justin Fields, uh, and my Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah. I mean, Indiana could be pretty good this year. So, uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad they, they put it, put it together and figured it out. So who do you guys like in, uh, in the big 10? Not the not Indiana. No, uh, I mean I think Indiana is a, maybe a third or fourth best team in the Big Ten, but that's 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 a lot for the Big Ten. They have I mean. shit the bed written all over them. <laughs> but 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 who do you like? I mean, is it is it Ohio State or bust pretty much for everybody? It's uh, that has Wisconsin came in as a top five team, I think before you know before all this happened. Um, are you, are you I don't think it? Wisconsin can be slept on at all. Um, they got a veteran quarterback there. Uh, they're always ball control and defense. Uh, I, I think I think Wisconsin um, is is definitely formidable. Oh yeah, Wisconsin can definitely beat up on the rest of the Big Ten. I have no issue with that. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Ohio State coming out of there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I was I was saying, you know, this college football season is an asterisk season if Ohio State can't compete. Well, Ohio State is competing, uh, and they will have a chance at a playoff. Uh, so yeah, no, it's uh, Ohio State is is going to be the representation for our, for the big 10. All right, let's jump around a little bit. SEC, uh, I think for me, Jimbo, this is, this is the year for Jimbo. He, he doesn't have as difficult a schedule. Uh, and he's got, you know, veteran quarterback, a good team around him. He, he needs to make some strides this year, but I don't know if he's going to get it done. And then, I mean, other than that, everyone likes Bama, right? Uh, what else, what do you guys think about the East Georgia? Anybody, anybody taking any other, any other teams here in the SEC? I gotta be honest. College football has been pretty much irrelevant for me until until I even heard these announcements that everyone's coming back in. Um, you know, un- until it, until it's fully in go, it's, like, it's just not college football. I actually don't. It's like I just don't care about it, and it sucks to say. But uh, 
I You're like, just mad that Penn State's going to suck because they don't have their good players. No, I, no, I already knew. I already knew they're going to be struggling. They're highly overrated. But going in, I'm like, man, it's, you have half. You have half of it. I don't, just don't care about it. It's just half of anyone's there. It's just irrelevant for me. Not my style. Just it took every interest I had in it out. Um, but you know, give me give me a week. I got some research to do now that now that we're getting back into the swing of things. You know. It's it's like having a couple cocktails when you're hanging out with a six. Now Br- she's now she's an eight. You're Br- ready to Brandon, go. Brandon, what do you got? <laughs> uh yeah, no, I think um I think again, I think talent kind of reigns here in in a shortened season with limited practice time. I think I think Bama uh is is gonna run away. What about with this one? What about Georgia or Florida in the east? Georgia's not gonna have Jamie Newman, so they're gonna start uh what's his name? The kid from UC USC. I, I just don't think I don't think either one of those teams are on you know A and M LSU or Bama's level. Uh, I think I think the East is the East is weak. The West is all that matters. The winner will be coming out of the West. Okay. Uh, anybody like anybody other than Clemson in the ACC? The ACC is so bad. Yeah, um, a team that's intriguing to me at least just because of their quarterback is UNC. Um, I, I I don't I don't I don't. By any team in the ACC, but the UNC is a team that I'm going to watch just because Howell played really bad in his first game, but I still think he's a really special talent. I think he's a first uh, future first round pick in the NFL, um, and I'm watching uh, Mac Brown. Uh, I want to see what he's going to do with that team, with that quarterback. Uh, as an FSU fan, I every time he passes the ball, I just look at him and I say. Why not us? Yeah, well, he, he he was he was committed to Florida State for a long committed time. To, I mean, you're for, not just saying your your wife isn't telling you to say that he, about UNC. He, he, com, is, he committed to Florida opinion. State when he was like a sophomore in high school. I mean, th- th- this was a dedicated FSU uh, recruit who just vaulted us, went to UNC, and he's got Mac Brown there. Uh, it's an interesting team to say the least, and uh, it's not just him. I mean, that's a talented team. Uh, that's, that's a team that could be very interesting this year, for sure. What would you guys think of Notre Dame on Saturday? I, I think they looked really unimpressive. Yeah, I, I thought I was in, kind of impressed by Duke for hanging in there with 100%. Them. Uh, they have Clemson's former backup quarterback, Chase Bryce, leading the Who way. Who looked awesome. He did. Uh, to me, part of it is like, I think that makes me think that Duke is a little better than I thought they were going to be, but also maybe Notre Dame's not quite as good as I thought they were going to be. How bad is Florida State? I mean, I dude, we, we went there during some of the Florida State's worst football years. I mean, we went there and we suffered through the Weatherford years. You know, we, we got there right when Chris Ricks was, was leaving. Yeah. Uh, we suffered through some of the worst FSU years. I don't think in any of those years did we lose to Georgia Tech at home. Now, Georgia Tech, they've always played spoiler to us on the road. They're a team that has always taken us down. You know, they have a chance. At home, though, we always beat Georgia Tech. That was an embarrassing loss. We, were, we were, weren't dominating, but we were winning the entire game. And the, the future of Florida State is very much up in the air. And it reminds me very much of when Urban Meyer left Florida and Florida was just in this terrible period, you know, mm-hmm. barely making bowl games. I think we're going to struggle for a very long time. I do like our coach, but man, do I not like our team. Nor- Norvell's got his work cut out for him, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Florida State bad cost team. my friend eight grand. It's a, um, it's so, a bad team. Uh, pretty, he's pretty upset. All right. So uh, I just want go ahead. I want to go go back to Notre Dame real quick. Uh, when when we had nothing to talk about, I think in April or May, um, we talked about Heisman hopefuls. 
I said I didn't mind Ian Book at it was either 35 or 40 to one just because I thought Notre Dame was going to be good. Ian Book was terrible. Told you. Holy cow. He <laughs> sucks. Told you. Um, so, ugh. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I mean, Florida state, they were up 10, nothing. They intercepted the ball. We're on, we're on Georgia tech side of things. I mean, it looked like Florida state was gonna, uh, was gonna cruise. And then, and then the next, next series happened and it just, everything flipped on. I mean, it's the same story for Florida state, awful quarterback play, uh, drop passes from the wide receivers, that offensive line. They just can't get it together uh they haven't had the offensive recruits for quite some time i mean even in their bad years we're always going to pick up these great uh defensive talents like uh marvin wilson marvin wilson i mean he's going to be a top 10 pick next year he's just Asante samuel jr looked great in that Asante game Asante samuel looked i mean it's literally Asante samuel's son and the guy looked just he was one of the only shine bright spots in the defense but sure. florida state is is about to go through a dark period i mean they've, they've been going through it but uh, the Willie Taggart area is going to leave a black eye on Florida State for quite some time. Sure. It's bad. Right, so, so jumping from Ian Book over to another Heisman hopeful that we all picked and and I think looked really good is uh, in the Big 12, Spencer Rattler. I, I think it's his award to lose at this point. Anyone disagree? That man throws the ball a little different. You know, there's always that. He's got a flick to it, that, right? There's that select group that just it just like like trout, like the the big hitters. The ball sounds different off their bat. Mm-hmm. The hand just flicks different out off his wrist. It's one of these teams that just has this revolving door of elite quarterbacks that are going to come in and just do incredible things. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that system—it's it's insane. That system's so good for offense, and yeah. uh, Lincoln Riley has it running at full, at full machine at this point. If their defense can tighten up a little bit with second-year defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, that's a team that really has a chance to make some noise in the college football playoff, in my opinion. But I think that a couple teams that may benefit from you know what kind of went on in terms of with the COVID situation is. Texas re- loses LSU from their schedule. That makes them a little bit more of a team that has, you know, an easier path to, you know, they now they just got to beat Oklahoma, find a way to beat Oklahoma, and they could find themselves in the playoffs. And I think the same thing can be said for Oklahoma State. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Erlinger, 25 for 33, 426 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, Rattler's a real deal. Uh, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can uh, white out Erlinger on there. Um, I'm looking up when they play October 10th. Um, right now, they only have that as Oklahoma, who's at home as a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, uh, that so doesn't if surprise this, if me. This wasn't a, if this was a neutral, uh, a neutral site game, Texas would be favored. What's the um, over under on it? <laughs> hold on. Uh, no, 74. Wait, th- that's not a neutral site this year? Here. Normally, that's a re- neutral site, Red River Shootout. Yeah, should uh, be. Yeah, you're right. It's a neutral site. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's a two and a half point game. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the Big Twelve is is squarely those teams, and I think they're both the real deal. Well, by far the biggest news from the Big Twelve last week was Iowa State losing to the raging Cajun Louisiana. What are they called? Louisiana Tech? It's, no, it's Louisiana Lafayette is what they used to be called. Yeah, now I'm, they're just called the University of Louisiana. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the team that uh, Florida State lost to week two. Two or three years ago, no, it, it was no. it was we almost Flo- Florida lost to Florida State. It was one of the it was one of the, no. the uh, Louisiana teams. Louisiana, no. Drew, Drew, that that is not the story. I mean, oh, no. Iowa State sucks. It's Kansas. No, that's Luke, that's not it's, coastal that, Carolina. That statement is not even slightly true. Uh, going into last week, I, Iowa State was a darling as the number two team for a lot of people. They were ranked. How? What are you even talking about? 
literally, I, I guess I, I didn't realize don't, they were. I literally, I literally yeah, don't yeah. even know what you're talking about. Iowa State was a, a heavy favorite. Yeah. yeah, it was a heavy favorite for a lot of teams to be to finish second in that uh, conference. I'm not even really sure what you're talking about. That's one of the biggest upsets in quite some time in college football. They, they have Brock Purdy at quarterback, who's potential top five or ten NFL draft pick. Uh, so that, that, that was one of their carrying cards and he, he didn't look great. They, they really lost that game on special teams, but you want to go to a coach, not, not taking his timeouts. He literally just let the clock run out and didn't even give his team a chance. He was, maybe he was just like, Hey, listen, if you guys get your ass kicked for 40 for 58 minutes against the Louisiana, then I'm not even going to bother giving you the other two. Yeah, dude. When I heard the raging Cajuns, I was like, who the fuck even is that? <laughs> and then I saw it was Louisiana Lafayette and I'm like, okay, like I, I didn't even know they were called the raging cajuns it's a good name right it is it's a really good name and man dude they i'll bet they drank a lot after that game all so, right so so is louisiana monroe but you guys won by one in overtime i remember one of the yeah yeah i remember one of the weird louisiana teams just oh. like i remember sitting there and yeah, we, all, like, we almost lost to jacksonville we, state we, too we, a couple we, years we blocked ago. an extra point yeah <laughs> that's awful. how we won that game yep Kim Akers had a, had a, had himself a day though. it's a dark period for FSU we get it we've won a national championship yeah. in the last 10 years tell me when your team has and you can talk yeah um <laughs> so, so so let's finish it off with a little bit of group of five action uh I mean there, there's some pretty interesting group of five teams you got Cincinnati Memphis UCF Appalachian State Army University of Louisiana and BYU are all pretty much right in there in the top 25 range if not in the top 25. Who do you guys like to potentially make a, make a little bit of a run here? Who can make some noise uh, and maybe creep their way into a college football playoff appearance or a group of six game at least? It'd have to be BYU because there's not a lot of bang on campus. <laughs> <laughs> All that testosterone. Is that an official rule for BYU? It's actually an official rule for BYU. <laughs> um, you know who went to BYU? Unless that, you're married. Yeah. Which like half of their players are. You know, Steve Young went to B- BYU. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, guess who else went to BYU? Ty Detmer. Van Noy. Ty Detmer. Also Saints. Yeah, I was about to say uh, Tyson. Yeah. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. The reason he didn't come into the NFL until he's 26 is because he went on a mission trip. Yeah. yeah. He a also of, broke his leg like his oh, junior year or something. A lot of people call that dedication. I call that stupidity, but that's sure. just me. Um. <laughs> anyways. Uh, Brandon, who do you like out of the group of five? I mean, I'm looking at their schedules. Uh, BYU Army got postponed, and BYU doesn't play another ranked team. Um, so I could very much see them getting getting themselves not into college football playoff consideration, but going undefeated um, and playing in a in a top tier bowl. All right, guys, as much as I love this really shitty conversation, uh, let's move on to a better one. So we got to go to the NBA because there's some major shit going on with the NBA. And as much as I love to uh, dig into the anuses of NCAA to find a story, uh, let's go on to some better things. The NBA is approaching the NBA finals and holy fucking shit. We did not know what was going to happen with this league with this many months off, but we are getting some storylines that are just incredible i mean if you said that you thought the uh, miami heat were going to make the eastern conference finals four months ago i would have fucking punched you in the dick you're wrong you i would have been like you're wrong you're an idiot blah 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 there's no way (laughs) but here we are uh boston and fucking the heat uh jimmy buckets and then we have uh, the Nuggets coming out of the West, maybe even more improbable than the Heat. So this is incredible playoffs. I've loved the NBA playoffs so far. This is so interesting to me. 
What do you what do you guys think? I mean, out of these underdogs, you know, and you have to assume the underdogs are the Nuggets in Miami. Although at this point, geez, are the is Miami even the underdogs? Miami's like, lost one game in the playoffs so far. They're fucking on fire. So who do you guys take? Like who who's going to make the finals? What do you guys takes on this on this uh, ridiculous playoff so far? I think the only thing that we most of us were com- most confident in was uh, LeBron was going to take his team to the championship, right? Um, sure. And that was the only thing I was pretty much set on. We, we all had a feeling Boston was going to at least get here or, you know, flirt with it. Um, it's, it has to be a, a rematch. LeBron's two teams, two of his three teams, and uh, and all the Cleveland Cavaliers can watch and be the fans in the stands. Um, L- Lakers are going to beat the Heat. How about that one? That'd be, that'd be interesting, man. That'd be tough. That'd be tough as a, as a Heat fan to take in. It's hard for me to predict anyone but the Lakers to come out of the West. I, I really love what the Nuggets are doing, though. Like, Jamal Murray has been insane in these playoffs, absolutely. And Jokic, I, I feel like we've the last couple of games, we've seen, like, a different level from him. He's like, I am not just, a, you know, a big man that can pass. I can do a lot more. And he's showing off his shooting, showing off more of the rebound and stuff like that. Like, taking over games to certain degrees. The pick-and-roll game between the two of them is, looks really good. I tend to think that at some point the Lakers would have an answer for it because they do have Anthony Davis and they do have LeBron that can cover that pick and roll. So I'm going to take the Lakers out of coming out of the West, but I like that series to actually be interesting. And then uh, I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to take the Celtics coming out of the East. Uh, I think that they just have too much depth and too much talent and they're going to figure out what the heat are doing because they have a really good coach. And uh, they do. Yeah. Brad Stevens is the truth, man. That they do. Does that, does anyone want to see the Lakers go up three, one and maybe just the nuggets just find their way back to a third for game seven. That'd be interesting. That, that would be awesome. That, that, you know, who would Marcus, like that? I don't know if you had already seen that then, but that was actually an odds boost. Uh, nuggets win the Western conference uh, after down three, one, that was plus 10,000 uh, on DraftKings. Wow. So that, that's worth five bucks. Holy shit. Yeah. That's totally <laughs> worth five bucks. So, dude, I, I personally don't think the Nuggets series is going to be even close. Um, I think the Lakers are going to dominate it. Uh, I, I'm going to go Lakers in five. I think they, I think they win 4-1. Uh, they're, they're just tenacious enough that I think it could go to six games. But, man, dude, whenever the Lakers want to cook, they cook so hard. I, I, I just think it's their championship to lose. Uh, out of the East, like, I just... I think the Celtics are going to win the series, but I think the best finals for our money is Miami, LA. I just think it's more intriguing if Miami just somehow just slams the Celtics. By the way, they're already up one game to nothing mm-hmm. uh, as of this podcast. So, <laughs> already very interesting. Like, the, everyone bets against Miami until they come out and slap you in the fucking dick. And then it's it's crazy. It really, it really is nuts what Miami's doing. It's hard to bet against a team, especially in the NBA, that relies so much on momentum. You know, it's 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 really a, a momentum game in a lot of ways. And I just I love what I see out of Miami. I think it's going to be a Lakers Miami series, and I'm really excited for it. I think I think LA takes care of business really quickly. I think that Miami series is just going to be a bloodbath, like this game seven. And man, if they take it to Game Seven and Miami rolls, I, I, I very intrigued what's going to happen in that NBA Finals. It's gonna it's gonna be very interesting for sure. But uh, all right, well let's uh, let's move on to the other sport that's going on in terms of the playoffs. Then the Lightning failed to capitalize last night. They 
they give away a game um, potentially that they could take. But let's be real, they're playing without Braden Point, who's one of their best players that they have. And uh, yeah, they, what's the they, injury status on Point right now? I, so I think that they're the, the reason that they sat him was they're planning on managing. So I think he will play in uh, in their game tomorrow night. Um, I look for the Lightning to close it out, but if they don't, then we go to Game Seven. And I mean, Game Seven in hockey, there's nothing really better than mm-hmm. than a Game Seven in, in a hockey playoff no, series. Fuck that! I don't want to see that. No, I, I don't want to see it. But I mean, just in terms of like viewers, like for for the fans, it's a great it's a great thing to watch. Electric. Um, they feel but, like that team that you don't want to let hang around. Because have the Lightning dominated the series statistically? Yes, they have. I mean, last night even, I think they, they outdid the Islanders when, when it was all said and done, but like 16 shots on goal. Sure. They were the better team by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Islanders, dude, just that one. They got super lucky. That so one breakout, mm-hmm. great pass. I mean, it was just one of those things where they had the last say. Uh, the Lightning should have won that game 100% last night. They dominated it. Well, really. I mean, and the Lightning, from a statistical perspective, yeah. they dominated. I mean, the Lightning gave up a an early goal to you know to the Islanders. I think that that's one of those where like Vassy, if if he had another opportunity, he makes that save all the time, all all day. Like it's just kind of weird. Um, and then the Lightning actually scored another goal at some point, but it got waved off for offsides. And granted, the guy was way offside, so like I'm not going to say that. But I felt like the Lightning made more, had more chances to score, and they just couldn't put it at the back of the net. Part I mean, of that is not having Braden Point, though. The, for sure. the final score was a ricochet that just didn't go in the Lightning's, uh, the, didn't go in the Lightning's way. Yeah, uh, they it, they were on offense. It ricocheted off a stick, went up, and it was two to one. They made the perfect pass, and that's how the game ended. Uh, the Lightning were dominating up at that point. The biggest miss opportunity for the Lightning during that game was when they got the four-minute power play at the very end of regulation. Start overtime. they weirdly just cruised into overtime like they were cool with that. Did mm-hmm. you see that? It was yes. very bizarre. So, so they took a couple little tries into the zone and were getting denied a little bit. And they did. They were like, well, listen, we'll, we'll go rest up a little bit and then come out in overtime. But the other thing there is you also give the defense a chance to rest up, right? You give the team that's that's playing that. exactly. So, so you know, you don't take advantage of the full four minutes because they're not on ice that long they have the break in between it um but i do i do want to say just how good is victor hedman dubich or uh brandon one of the brandons or 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 yinzers or something somebody chime in here and tell me what your thoughts on victor hedman are hedman's he's really been like the leader of that team for the last five years um i think he gets overshadowed by stamkos's name uh because stamkos Stamkos is is officially the captain because he's a goal scorer but god man hedman hedman's like the heart of the like he's he's the captain of that team um, he's he's obviously he's had some some bad stretches, but he's been so consistent and so underrated for most of his career. He's he's actually been very impressive to watch. And, for and, he, and he's leading the Lightning in this playoff run. He's got seven goals or something like that in he, the playoffs. He, he's the one that's been carrying them. Um, the, the Lightning actually kind of remind me of the Capitals from like the late mid late 2000s um when they were just always president's cup president's cup president's cup and just the talent like some of the most talented teams because the lightning are the most talented team in the nhl just these have never there's something always happens they haven't had the gritty guys they're missing stamkos is really what's happening i think well well but it's but it's just it's always something it's either the grit the player, something just always seems to go wrong and if you guys can't close tomorrow night 
Oh, game yeah, seven. No, I think it's I, over. I'd be, I'd be super scared if yeah, uh, MCA closed tomorrow it's, night. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's gonna. You have to. You have to win. I agree. It's it's not a team that I want to let linger around. It's fucking. Yeah. They're ter- They terrify me. They really do. They have if, this. If you guys blow this three one lead, will it be the most devastating lightning series? Nope. No. Last last year for sure. Last year trumps it. I mean, the okay. great the greatest regular season in hockey history, and then you get swept by a what. Eighth seed or whatever yep. the fuck they yep. were. That, that, they, that, hadn't, they hadn't lost four straight games in like two years leading yeah. up to that. That and uh, I think I think you guys blew a three one lead against Washington when the Cavs won the cup. I mean they they literally lost fifty percent of their games in the first series. I mean it doesn't get much worse than that. But what do you guys think about Dallas being out of the West? Talk about improbable. Yeah. So uh, a former Lightning assistant coach Rick Bro- Rick Bonus leading the charge there. I think Dallas actually has some pretty good high end scoring talent. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, etc. So uh, the question for Dallas is whether or not their goalkeeper is going to play up to snuff. This little break may help them because, you know, anytime you get a little bit of a, t- a little extra time off, it, it allows you to rest, but it also allows some rust to set in. So we'll see how it plays out for Dallas, but uh, I think they're a good team. At the end of the day, I think that the Lightning would beat them, but if they play the Islanders, they, they might have a chance to take it home. How do you not root for them, though? They, they weren't in anyone's top three. Because like, I'm a Lightning fan. That's how I don't root for them. Okay, as a sports fan, just <laughs> just, the, just the story. Yeah, I mean, they were they were fifth in the West. Nobody was talking about them when they uh, went into the bubble. Uh, and they got some dudes that can score. And if you can score, you got a chance. That's true. Agreed. So, it's we were talking about it yesterday. It's clearly a glutton of sports i don't even know if i can fucking handle it last two nights i've been up till after midnight uh the week the night before it was the monday night game last night it was a fucking lightning game <laughs> i didn't think i could have too much sports but i think i'm actually getting a little bit overloaded by everything right now it's it's insane yeah. a night off tonight night I, off tonight i'm enjoying it um i'm enjoying talking about all this um if i have one takeaway from this week from an nfl perspective Uh, There's one line that strikes me that I do think is a little bit interesting that I think you should pounce on, which is the Bucs being favored by nine and a half against Carolina. If you're playing the spread, I think that's a really good chance to uh, take Carolina in that game to cover the spread. Do I think Carolina is good? No, but I think the Bucs showed enough chinks in their armor last week that I just cannot see them winning by 10 points. Maybe they do, but I, I think that's a good flyer uh, spread pick. Do you guys have any other spread picks that you saw this week that you like? Arizona is really one of my favorites. Um, At six and a half? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be a 10, 14 point game easy. Uh, I, I really like them. I think the matchup is very favorable for them. Washington's still terrible. I mean, they rallied after their coach basically told them that he had cancer and was not going to be their coach next year. I mean, that's pretty powerful and yeah, and, and good good for I love Rivera. One hundred percent. Yeah, Rivera is a great great man. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride I'm gonna ride the Cardinals' uh, boat until they show me otherwise. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, from the Sports Memory Podcast, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoy the podcast, please like, share, and uh, thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Have a great night.